0: The Money Show, the Africa Business Report. The Africa Business Report this evening. We've got uh, economist for Sub-Saharan Africa at RMB, Daniel Kavisha. He's on the line to us from Namibia this evening. How is Namibia tonight, Daniel?
1: Fantastic. Our weather great, actually. Thanks for asking. It's much warmer than it is
0: out there at Joburg. <laughs> uh, I'm absolutely certain there are not many places that are going to be much colder than Joburg this week. Temperatures are going to be dropping to, I saw a number earlier, of minus five in some parts of Gauteng. It's going to be absolutely miserable. I mean, COVID is taking its toll in Namibia, too. I mean, it's a, it's a small population spread out of a wide area, but they have really been hit very hard in Namibia, haven't they?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the positivity rate um, at some point was over 50%. Um, so, so that in itself just told you, you know, how far and wide the virus was spreading a couple of weeks ago. They also identified the Delta variant in the country as well. So that has been quite hard to deal with, uh, notwithstanding, you know, like you mentioned, small country um, already offered quite a bit of fiscal support coming in from last year, um, monetary policy side, is somewhat flat, but there's really not more you can do other than just try and figure out a way to get the economy going. I know it sounds a lot like the perils that we've become quite accustomed to in South Africa, but, you know, a country this size really needs investments to ramp up over the next few years, and you're absolutely right, COVID is not helping the situation. It's become particularly difficult.
0: Across the African continent, I mean, if you look at our doorstep, for example, Mozambique, of course, has had its own issues, security issues, yeah. insurgencies in the north, and we saw those terrible attacks earlier this year. They raised their interest rates earlier this year by, I think, what is it, uh, memory serves 300 basis points, which is significant in, in the economy, and they did it immediately. Um, is there an opportunity for them to, to cut rates? I think their the Monetary Policy Committee is meeting tomorrow.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I don't think they're going to cut, um, to be quite honest, Bruce. I think they would likely keep it flat for now. Um, One of the key considerations that they had earlier this year is that they were quite concerned that inflation was going to pick up. And it is very interesting, again, hindsight teaches us so much, but it was very interesting, their concern of inflation being high, led them to hike by 300 basis points earlier on in the year. Now, globally and in the rest of the region, what we had seen was that other countries were well aware that inflation was going to tick higher, that they opted not to hike for the simple reason that they were more concerned about economic growth. And the ironic thing then in Mozambique was that they hiked interest rates by 30 basis points, and voila, inflation still ticked higher simply because oil prices have picked up, you're well aware of just the logistical issues that we've had, especially coming with products moving from South Africa into Mozambique and the fact that that brought in its own level of inflation. That has meant that you're in an environment where interest rates are quite high. You should probably cut to your point, but they won't, they'll keep it flat probably to show face and to just keep it on this level to say, look, we've tried to deal with the short-term impacts of inflation, even though from our side they haven't, and you know, sort of see how this is going to play out over the next few months. Um, and I think a lot of our regional economies, and um, at least what we've observed, is that definitely in the Mozambique case, they were a little bit too preemptive with their hike earlier this year. inflation was going to impact them in any case. So you know, keeping it flat now, is likely going to be the course. I don't think they will cut for an additional reason though, Bruce, I think that just given the global environment and the fact that people are now talking about interest rates starting to pick up in the latter part of the profile, they'll be quite you know, prudent to try and make sure that they maintain a significant spread between their interest rates and those of the rest of the world so that they could capitalize on bond inflows or capital inflows as an example which would be supportive of this economy like you said that's been contending with all other things you know and that should in one form at least keep currency stable which is another thing that you know that central bank needs to consider
0: I mean, you look at somewhere like Ghana, for example. Ghana is held up as this wonderful um, opportunity for for Africa, and it does so much right. I'm surprised yeah. by the inflation rate in Ghana. I'm surprised by the the policy rate or the prime lending rate in Ghana. I mean, their inflation is running close to the target of eight percent. Um, which is very, very high. Um, and their, their policy rate in order to keep inflation in check is sitting at 13.5%. I mean, this is when South Africa starts falling apart that we start seeing those sorts of dynamics play, play out. South Africa mercifully, of course, much lower inflation target and much lower interest rates at this stage. But, um, you know, Ghana also is, is looking at this. They cut and 13.5% is a nine year low, I think, on their interest rates, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so I mean, to to, under, to unpack the Ghanaian environment, you firstly need to start with a, the one key theme that we all need to be comfortable with, which is the profile of inflation for most of our economies is going to be taken up relatively high, right? So the balancing act that most of our central banks have to do is that you know if inflation is hovering, for argument's sake, higher than a 6% or a 7%, and you've got higher inflation still expected especially with oil prices sticking up especially with covid cases that are sort of normalized well not normalized but somewhat better than what we saw last year but still of a big concern in the continent given the poor vaccine levels the issue then becomes for central bank is what do you do to try and make sure that you know you can try and keep growth sustainable over the next few years and so what they did during the last meeting is that they actually had a surprise cut, which everyone was quite surprised about. Um, and I think for what they were trying to assess then is to say, look, given these economic environments, we are quite comfortable with inflation remaining quite high, provided we're giving our economy sufficient impetus to maintain economic activity. And I think that's how they're looking at it. And then to your point, relative to the rest of the region, you know, these, these numbers are, are quite high. They They probably still have a few years to try and taper down your general inflation and interest rates to a way in which that it's a little bit more tenable for a bulk of what we're seeing at least in the southern parts of of Africa. The other thing you need to consider is that quite different from the rest of, of the economies is that that economy is not purely driven by consumptive growth. It's driven a lot by what's taking place on the investments and on the export line. So some of these... Tweaks in terms of monetary policy would not necessarily have as big as an impact that they've seen coming in with some of the strong fiscal policies that they've instituted over the past year.
0: What's encouraging? I mean, you, I look at South Africa, I look at Ghana, and I look at Kenya. Yeah. Um, although there's there's quite a, a, a wide divergence in terms of you know what their inflation targets are and what their policy rates are they are sticking to their targets. I mean, Ghana is sticking to its inflation yep. target. Kenya, its inflation's is a little on the high side, but it's within the range of the inflation target. I mean, these are you know, central banks that are managing their economies well.
1: I mean, given the circumstances and given what we've just seen over the past, um, even just year to date, with um, rising pressures... Um, I mentioned earlier the increase in COVID cases, not to repeat myself, but it is a particularly big, big challenge for places like Kenya. What most people don't recognize specifically in the Kenyan environment is, you know, they already were contending with a massive wave two to three months prior to what we've seen in the rest of the region. Um, you know, situation where you had a lot of their hospitals already quite full. And so what effectively started happening with a lot of the NPC statements that are getting updated is that you've kept seeing this consistent talk around monitoring the inflationary pressures in lieu and in view of what else they're trying to manage for with respect to the new virus. And so Kenya's actually got it right in the sense that they've managed to start vaccinating at a much faster rate than most of these other countries. So yes, they will likely keep rates flat for longer. But I do think that that's an economy to keep a very strong eye on, to be honest, Bruce, because I think they'll be one of the few countries this year that will not only post-growth, but they will likely be the first ones to start bouncing back to a semblance of post-pandemic world, similar to the type of growth rates that they had in the pre-pandemic era. So, you know, my bets would really be on on Kenya being one of the top countries to be able to achieve this. notwithstanding some other economies across the continent, like Egypt, of course, that are doing quite well. Um, and then later on, we'll also see Ghana likely be able to, to pull up.
0: Daniel, thank you very much indeed. From Namibia this evening, Daniel Kavisha, economist in sub-Saharan Africa at RM.